0: everybody, welcome back. Let's get into God's Word. Today's Word is a Word of transformation for you and me. Uh, And we're not saying that we're perfect people, but we're being perfected by the Word of God. Each and every person uh, that, that is saved, each and every person that believes Jesus is their Lord and Savior, has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. And Jesus, you know, in the, gospel, uh, in, 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 in the gospel of John, he says this to the woman at the well. He says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So they have the spirit and in truth. So, you know, how do you know that you're a worshiper? One, one way is that you are led by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people think that, yeah, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Sure, you are. How do you know? What is the evidence that you are led by the Holy Spirit? Is that you have this desire on the inside of you for truth. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The Bible says, Jesus says, the the word is spirit and it is life. Which means the word of God, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, which means he is the truth, and he is the spirit of truth. So when you have a have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you are uh, you have uh, you say you're a worshipper, which, which means you respond to truth, not to the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, We we have to understand that responding to the Holy Spirit, being obedient to the Holy Spirit, is you, you have a desire on the inside of your heart for truth, not the knowledge of good and evil, truth. And so the title of my message today is The Quest for the Truth. Okay, Quest means a long and an arduous search for something it's a long search it's a, it's a desire for uh, it's a long desire for something and that desire on the inside of us is the truth we have a desire for the truth and in today i really believe that we're living in interesting times and when i say interesting times uh, frankly it, it is troubling times because the choices that we make are based on information that we get, information or knowledge that is really fed to us. We don't make choices based on the truth of the word of God. We make choices based on the information or knowledge that is is fed to us. We've become a, a, a consuming culture and not a searching out culture. And truth is something that you search out. You have a desire for. You have a a deep desire that that is not just momentary. That's how I know that you're a worshipper. You're a worshipper not because uh, you you have a once a week desire for for the truth of God's word. You, You have a every day, every waking moment you have a desire for the truth of God's word. For truth, not for knowledge of good and evil. You can can just look at your life and you can say, how much of your time do you spend searching out truth versus the knowledge of good and evil? How much time do you spend uh, uh, with the truth rather than with your phone on social media or news channels? or watching TV, or watching movies, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that any of that is bad, but I'm just saying, how much time, how do you have a desire on the inside of your heart for truth? Because I'm telling you, when you have a desire for truth, truth sets you free. It's not the knowledge of good and evil that sets you free But it's the truth that sets you free. So this week, uh, Kelsey and I, uh, we had one of our meetings uh, got postponed. And so because of that, we had some time to uh, come home. And so we were watching this documentary and I I highly recommend you watch this documentary because it was an eye-opener. And the documentary is called The Social Dilemma. And in this documentary, it was quite shocking to see how the big tech companies uh, around the world, you know, that use social media as a platform Form uh, to uh, not only communicate with you, but also to change the way you think. They, they what they do is they uh, they use media as a means uh, to get information about you. All right. They use media. They push media across to you, uh, things that you watch on your phone, uh, how much time you spend. They build a profile um, of you and, and they basically around, uh, they, they build this profile around what you watch, what you eat, the photographs that you take and post, uh, the videos that you watch, uh, the thing, how much time you spend on what article, at what time, what time do you wake up, what time do you go to sleep? All of this information, all this data is sent into their, into their company into their service and little by little day by day they build a profile of you okay and so now the, they, what they do is they approach businesses they approach big companies that, that, that want to advertise their products and they target you with certain types of products have you noticed you will be talking uh, with some, somebody about something and all of a sudden you'll have an ad pop up which is related to what you were talking about you were, you, were on a, you were checking out a guitar, for example, on certain sites, and then all of a sudden, now a guitar starts showing up, guitar sites start showing up, and social media starts recommending you, groups of guitars selling used guitars. It's, it's crazy how they, they, they're watching every move you make and they're profiling you, and now they take those profiles and they sell it to these big businesses that want to advertise. The modern world of businesses has changed from us just selling a product to you and I being the product. This is the, this is the documentary and I was shocked. I was shocked because I felt like I was being used. I was being used by these people to, they're making billions and billions of dollars every year and you and me are the products. They're not selling a product to me. I'm the product that they're selling to these big tech companies, to these big businesses, and they're making money at my behavioral patterns. And so uh, I, I, the reason why I'm saying this is that this is some of us may be like, okay, hey, you know, we, we know this part and we're like okay with it. But the troubling thing about this documentary was that what they use media, they use media brilliantly over a period of time. To begin to change the way you think about certain issues, about certain things that you're in, that is in your life, they literally use the renewing of the mind as as a way in which to change the way you think about certain uh, political issues, certain uh, race issues, certain uh, you know things that happen in certain countries, you know, uh, and it causes people to begin to uh, to uh, uh, change the way they think compared to how they used to think about certain issues. This is quite troubling because Christians are getting involved or getting uh, uh, caught up in this way or this age of information. We're getting caught up with it because the knowledge of good and evil is causing us to have a certain mindset. The knowledge of good and evil about what happens in another country or, or what happens with another election or what happens with this person and this celebrity did this or, or this person did this or this is evil about this person or this is good about this person and that's why we need to vote for them. All of these things, Christians are just lapping this information up almost 24 hours a day or, or, or every single day of the week and it is in complete contradiction to how the kingdom operates. We're in a series called Kingdom Dynamics and, and I really believe that in this season God is not trying to fight for your attention. God is very secure in who he is and he will wait for you to come to a place where you realize that you have been caught up in a lie. And so with this with this documentary it was very my eyes began to open and i highly recommend you watch it because it it, i understood how people can present information to you in such a way that sounds harmless that sounds um uh, very good that they're really good and they love you and they do all of these things and they conform you into the world and it's, it's, in complete, it's in complete contradiction to the word of God. It's in complete contradiction to how the kingdom functions. It causes you to be very self-focused. It causes you to have a very destructive mindset. And it causes you to become judgmental of others. And this kind of life is complete in complete contradiction to what God has in plan for you and me. And you know, the narrative of media today is the knowledge of good and evil and not the truth of God's word. The narrative, the, 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 what they're trying to present to you today is very, very attractive. It sounds like the truth, but it's not the truth. It sounds, let me tell you about Donald Trump and he is like this and he is like that and he's a good guy or he is an evil guy and he is bad and he don't vote for him or he is good and vote for him. And people who are not even in America are getting caught up into this, into this, into this cycle or this information and they have an opinion about it. The minute you have an opinion about something that doesn't relate to you, you are now becoming judge. Over this issue, and that's what the knowledge of good and evil does. It traps you to judging somebody else, and when you become a judge over somebody else, it is in a, it, you're judging somebody in an unrighteous manner, because the knowledge that you have received is the knowledge of good and evil, and not the word of God, not the truth of the word of God. You know, I have a the question I have for you today. Is does the information that you have received make you sad, make you depressed, make you feel lonely and cause you to hate the people that you are meant to love? If you were to ask yourself the question, this information that I'm looking every day, this information that I'm hearing from people, uh, when, I, when I go to the office, I'm hearing things about my boss. When I go to church, I'm hearing things about other people. I, when I receive this information, does it make me want to love people? Or does it make me hate people? Does it make me feel lonely? Does it make me feel isolated? Does it make me want to judge people? Because if, we, if it is, then you have been eating of the knowledge, of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, in, in Genesis chapter 3, we see, uh, you know, Adam and Eve uh, were in the garden. And Eve now is spending time with the serpent. And, and the serpent it, it communicates to her from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God told them, don't eat of that tree. You can eat of any tree in the garden except for that tree. And you must understand that they, they, they went ahead and she looked at the tree and it says that the tree looked like it was good for knowledge. It was good. It had knowledge on it. The tree, whenever you looked at that tree, when she looked at the tree, the tree had knowledge in it. You must understand how beautiful it was. You must understand that she desired knowledge. It wasn't a bad thing. She desired knowledge. But see the issue is God had told them that is not for you. The question I have in my mind is why was there another tree in the garden that God did not want them to take then? If, it, if God did not want them to sin, if God did not want them to, to fall, why did he allow the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? And that too, it bore fruit. Oh man, you, you must understand. See, just a side note right now. You know that you can be good ground, but if you don't watch the seed that you're receiving, you can bear bad harvest also. Oh oh no <laughs> I think I sometimes we think we're Christians and we're like, oh my I'm good ground brother I'm good ground I've dealt with all the issues in my life I'm receiving I'm ready to receive the seed if you don't know the seed that is being sown into your life, you will bear a, a harvest of a hundredfold if it is a bad seed. Truth is mandatory you cannot live in the kingdom of God without placing a high value for truth, without having a quest for truth, without searching truth, without loving truth. You can come. People can come to you and give you knowledge which is good and evil about a person and you can be like Eve standing in front of that tree going, wow man, that, that knowledge is good. I need that knowledge. Why? Because it helps me make better decisions. It makes me smarter. It makes me street smart and I can do all things and do this and do that and I can save myself and I can save money here and I can do this and I can do that. You can come into that place and you can be in direct disobedience to God. See, it was attractive. It sounded, what, really? Wow. But you must understand that eating of that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil was not the only problem they had. God had an issue with them because they chose another way than him. They chose another way to get information other than God. You see, God is, God is not intimidated that you ate of the knowledge of good and evil. The fact of the matter is that you chose to do it yourself. That's the problem. The problem is you've allowed another one now to begin to fill your ears with garbage. Another person has taken God's place in your life. See, God has, has put the church on the, he has established the church on the earth to be the vessel through which he communicates in, into his, to, to the world. It's the way he communicates into, to, the, to the people. He has established the church. Why? Because the church is the body of Christ. God will not speak to you outside of his body. God will not train you outside of keeping you in the environment which is safe, which is who he is. It is his body that he brings you. Church is not just an organization. Church is the body of Christ. When you speak against the church, you're speaking against the very body you are part of. And Paul says, how can you come and partake of the body of Christ when you have an issue with your brother? he says put it down go and confess your sin go and deal with the issues and then come he said this is why people are dying this is why Christians are dying this is why Christians are sick is because they have an issue with the body come on now and so we see now Adam was a follower he heard another voice the woman said eat eat And so he ate. And so now when God came into the garden to pursue them, everybody loves God pursuing them, but they don't like God confronting them. God, pursue me. This is your reckless love. Yeah, the reckless love of God pursues you, but when he comes to you, he's confronting you about the things that you've said and done. And sometimes, you know, this is the issue. When a person has made a mistake, the first thing that they do is they run away and they hide. They run away, he ran away and hid himself because he was shameful of what he had done. And see, sin causes you to become self-focused. The knowledge of good and evil causes you to become self-focused. You look at yourself and you see yourself as a flaw. And so because of that now, you need to run and hide and you need to cover yourself up so that God would not look at you, the Christians would not look at you, the people in your church wouldn't see the junk in your trunk and, 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 and talk about you and so because of that now you have to hide you have to be in isolation you have to separate yourself from the very body that your God has called you to be a part of and the second thing that Adam did was he didn't take the blame he blamed her it's somebody else's fault never my fault see these are the when you hang around people who blame somebody else and don't take the blame they are feeding on the knowledge of good and evil You've got to come into a place where you understand that, hey, we are not perfect people. We're being perfected. Everybody makes mistakes, but your mistakes cannot be greater than God's love for you. Your mistakes about yourself that make you focus on yourself, if you stay in that place for too long, you will fall in love with yourself and not God. You will fall in love with knowledge of good and evil and not the knowledge of the truth of the word of God. And see, the world is full of offended people. The world is full of people who, who are feeding on lies. Today, we, with the media, with the news media, with social media, we, people don't even know the difference between truths and lies. Because lies are presented to you in such a truthful manner. That, wow, this must be real. But it's all, ladies and gentlemen, it's all a conspiracy. And you know what? It's not your fault. Somebody, somebody told you that. But the issue here now, God has an issue with people who give their ears to another voice. Whose voice, the first message that I preached in Life Church Global was whose voice are you listening to? Because the voice that you listen to is the one that you become like. You and I need to be focused on what is the truth. Not the truth about what, who does what. Because that's again the knowledge of good and evil. That's facts. But when you talk about truth, it's completely different. Truth is a person person. And I'm going to get into the Greek and Hebrew right now. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm telling you, you're going to love this message. If you haven't already loved it, you're going to love it even more. I can, I can guarantee you. Yes, some of you might be squirming in your seats. Some of you might be sweating. Some of you might be laughing with the joy of the Lord. But I guarantee you, today is your day that you're going to be set free. Amen. Amen. So I want you now to go in your Bibles, to John chapter 8, my favorite book. John chapter 8, and we'll read two verses, and we'll spend most of our time on these two verses, okay? John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Okay, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is powerful. And so now Jesus has come to them, and and the discussion is, we are of Abraham's seed. And Jesus is here, and Jesus is saying, listen, I'm paraphrasing it, okay? So Jesus is saying here, now, if you abide in my word, that word abide means to live in. It means his word needs to be your home. It's where you abide, it's where where you live, it's where you live from. It's, it's a place where you live from. If the truth of God's word, truth is a place that you live from. It's a, it's, it's, if you abide in my word, that word, the word of God, when it comes out of God's mouth is proceeding, but also it builds a house for you to live in. So which means the word is the body of Christ that you're a part of. So you can look at it as the church. You can look at it as the home. You can look at the word as the temple. You are the temple. Jesus is the temple. Now you must understand It is from that place that we live. When you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Who are disciples? Disciples are people who who the teacher is transforming into his image and likeness. Alright? So, Jesus is saying now, if you abide in my word, in the safe place, abide in the safe place, live from, function from, communicate from, right? Right? Use the word, the value systems in the word to live from. Now you are my disciples. And then he goes on to say this. You shall know the truth. When you abide in the word. It's one thing to to have a girlfriend. It's a totally another thing to live with your wife. It's one thing to, 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 to have a, a fiancé, it's another thing to be married and live with the person. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because when you live with the person, you know everything about them. And see, sometimes when you open the door for people to get close to you, they begin to see the flaws that you see that God hasn't fixed yet. And sometimes we think those flaws are your responsibility to fix. Ooh, I think I just stepped on somebody's toe right now. What's a good thing. (laughs) See, when you see somebody's flaws, the reason why they're still flaws is because God hasn't fixed them. And if it's a problem in your life, that means your focus is not on truth in their life, but it's on the knowledge of good and evil. And so if you think it's your responsibility to to deal with their flaws, then you're taking God's place in their life. Now, if you give counsel based on the flaws, now you're the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're the other voice that begins to communicate to them. Oh, I think I, I just, I think I just, you know, I just pulled the carpet open and I just showed you everything that's happening. You must understand when when you get your responsibility is to love people, not to deal with their flaws. Kelsey and I, I tell you, we go to sleep every night with peace, with joy. We have no troubles in our life. We have really, we we don't we don't deal with people's problems. You know why? Because the problems, the flaws that people come to us and say, hey Pastor, you know, I have this issue in my life. Can you help me? Can you help me deal with these issues? They submitted to Kelsey and me. We don't take the floor. We say, hey, here, this is what the word of God says. This is what the truth of the word of God says. If you can apply this in your life, the truth will set you free. And we walk away from that because it's not our responsibility to carry the weight. It's not your responsibility to fix the pastor's problems. It's not your responsibility to fix the problems in the church. It's your responsibility to love people unconditionally. And see, when when you hang around people who begin to talk like that all the time, you you begin to get attracted to it because it's the knowledge of good and evil. It's it's like a seed that you really love. I love gossip. I love that. I love that stuff. When you come away from this quest of the truth, the focus is self. God is inviting us to keep our focus on the truth. 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 You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That word, the phrase over there, uh, you shall know, is derived from the Greek word gnosite. Okay, I'm trying my best. Gnosite, I'm not Greek. I'm trying, my friend Jacob in Abu Dhabi is Greek and he'll help me with the correct pronunciation. But Gnosite, uh, it it means, uh, is the Greek word for for that phrase, you shall know. Okay, and what it means is that you shall know by first hand experience. You shall know, and this is another meaning for it, you shall know in great variety of applications with many implications. I know it's, it's I, love, I love, I like Greek, I, I, the mean, I like the meanings of, of Greek because it completely opens the Bible to a whole new perspective of God. You know, And, and you must understand what this means. First-hand knowledge, not first-hand knowledge, knowledge of good and evil, first-hand knowledge of the truth, which means if, if, I, if, I, if I receive knowledge of truth, I should be able to apply it and gain wisdom. See, knowledge that is not applied will puff you up, but knowledge that is applied will give you wisdom, and wisdom humbles you. That's, that's, that's a really good word. That's a leadership lesson right there. Knowledge that is not applied will puff you up. But knowledge that is applied will give you wisdom and humble you. And a, and a lot of times people with, with their, who have the knowledge of good and evil sound like it's all about them. It sounds like me. Ah, me, 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 me. It's all about, yeah, knowledge of good and evil causes you to focus on you. And it is through your lens that you process life. But God is asking you to move the you lens, the self lens off, and use the lens of the truth. How do, how, do you, how do you see your life through the lens of truth and not the lens of the knowledge of good and evil? You shall know. It means that that I have first-hand experience, but also at the same time, it, I can take this truth and I can apply it in many different ways. And I can have many different results. There's variety of applications and variety of implications. Very powerful. How do you know that what you're hearing is the truth? The truth of God's word can be applied in every area of your life. The same word, the same truth that you receive can be applied in every, it can be applied in your marriage, it can be applied, in, 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 let's take for example, love, right? Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. That is the truth. It reveals the person of Jesus. Love is a person. Truth is a person. And so now, when you receive that, that truth in your heart, now you can go to the office and you can love your neighbor as yourself. You can come home and you love your, na- uh, your wife, not your neighbor, love your, wife. <laughs> love your wife as you love yourself. You can love your kids as you love yourself. Now the question is, do you love yourself? If you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor yeah. at office. You can't love your wife. Yeah. See, the problem is, when we feed on the knowledge of good and evil, we hate ourselves. That's why we hate people around us, because when you understand truth, truth will set you free. That word truth uh, in, in the Greek is, it means, is the word aletheia, okay, not althea. Like, you know, our search pastor. Maybe her name is derived from that word, Aletheia. Uh, let's just say it's Althea, okay? The Greek word, <laughs> Aletheia. And what that means is, it is the state of not being hidden. Truth means the state of not being hidden, okay? So, which means, truth is Christ. Revealed, It's a state. Christ is a state. See, when people become, are filled with the knowledge of good and evil, they don't see Christ in the church. They see an organization, but not Christ. Because knowledge of good and evil has created them to have a lens that takes them away. And gives them a view that this is an organization and it's not the body of Christ. See, the body of Christ today is, is flaw, it has flaws for sure. That's why Jesus hasn't come back because the bride is still imperfect. When the bride is perfect, the bride, the spirit, and the bride say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're still imperfect, we're still being perfected, but it is the truth that perfects us, not the knowledge of good and evil. This is very powerful, so so Jesus now he he 's making a statement, and he 's saying, "Guys, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, which means you are like me, but it is the truth that sets you free. you shall experience." Truth, you shall experience, you shall know, you shall have first-end experience of truth. We can't talk about facts. Hey, John is such a good guy because I've experienced goodness in his life. That's a fact. But we have to understand that when you hang around John, your view has to be, I want to see Christ. Not goodness. Goodness come on man, not evil, not good, not a fact, I want to see the truth, I want to see Christ, you know, I love watching movies and, and I think it's, it's awesome, uh, people enjoy movies or I love watching documentaries and stuff like that, but in everything that I watch, I'm not looking for the knowledge of, of good and evil, I'm looking for truth, I'm looking for Christ, so when I watch Superman, I'm, I'm like, wow, this guy is so like Jesus, when we were watching, watching Doctor Strange, I was like, oh my God, this is how the mind gets renewed. Especially in the first you know, 40 minutes of Doctor Strange. After that, it becomes very strange. But, 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 uh, but the first 40 minutes of Doctor Strange is all about how the mind gets renewed and how the renewed mind transforms the body for you to be able to do supernatural things. I'm like, this is, this is us. This is the truth of God's word that is in this movie. I don't think it's demonic, but I'm looking for Christ in it. If I can't find Christ in it, I'm going to walk away. But I'm not going to say something bad about it, but I'm going to walk away saying, I did not find Christ. See, sometimes when you hang around people, we walk away with an opinion about people. Is that opinion, I found Christ in that person? Or I did not find Christ in that person. If you did not find Christ in the person, we need to keep the knowledge of good and evil to ourselves. We need to surrender it to the Lord. Take every thought captive, surrender it to the Lord and say, God, I'm not eating these facts of good and evil. I'm not eating this knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to surrender it to you because I'm only interested in Christ in people. I want to know Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1 to 2, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's Paul's mic drop moment. We must understand what God, what Paul is trying to say to us. He's like, guys, I understand there are, there are problems in the Corinthian church. I understand that there are flaws. People are making mistakes, all that kind of stuff. But when I come to you, all I'm interested in knowing is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Do you have knowledge of that? If you have knowledge of that, then cool, then we're good. That's what I'm interested in. We're too worried about who says what, when do they say this about this person or that person? And we get caught up in this cycle of lies and conspiracies, and we begin to, and the more we talk about it, the more we spread it. but we are not in the place of talking about the truth. Because I'm more interested in the truth. What is the truth in your life? Where do we find Christ in you? Because everybody reveals who they are. Everybody, when they conduct yourself, when you, when you do whatever you want to do in your life, you're going about your everyday life, people watch you. And when they watch you, do they see Christ in you or do they see your flaws? If they're seeing your flaws, that means God hasn't dealt with something yet. We're not perfect people. We're not walking around uh, holding the Bible in our hand and beating people on their heads going, hey, listen, this is how you need to live your life. No, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to work harder than you are at the flaws in your life. We cannot work harder than people are, than God is working at the flaws in your life. If God is not working on your marriage, don't go to a counselor for marriage counseling. Go to God and say, God, my marriage is in trouble. I need truth. Why? It's because it's the truth that sets you free. The truth sets people free. Truth is about a state of being revealed. What are we revealing in our lives what are we revealing to the people in our life groups? What are we revealing to the people in our, in our church, in our offices, in our businesses? Am I hiding the truth? Am I, because if you're hiding the truth, then you're revealing the knowledge of good and evil. If you reveal the truth of the word of God, it not only sets you free, but it also sets people around you free. In, in the book of Matthew, and Kelsey spoke about this last week, in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, we see Jesus asking the disciples a question. He says, who do you say that I am? He wants to know whether they know the truth. Not whether they know his name. Whether they know him. There's a difference between knowing the name of Jesus. Man, everybody knows the name of Jesus. In fact, they use it as a swear word nowadays, which is such an abomination. But Jesus is not going, oh, well, you know, they're using my name as, an, as a swear word now. You know, I feel, I feel less godly. No, ladies and gentlemen, God is, not, God is not moved by these things. God is not moved by the, the words that people, the, the, the things that people say about him. He's God, When they have a revelation of who he is, when they have a revelation of truth, it sets them free from living a lie. And so we see now, he comes to the disciples and he's saying, hey guys, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies to him and says, hey, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Get it? Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Why? Because flesh and blood has a tendency of revealing the knowledge of good and evil. But he says, my Father in heaven has revealed it to you. Why? Because the Father in heaven has given Peter fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Which means Jesus, the state of who he was in that moment, was revealed to Peter. Peter received truth in that moment about Jesus. We need to ask people in our church, hey, who does, who, you know, what does God say about you? Oh, when we go to church and when we meet other Christians or when we are on Zoom for life groups, you need to ask, you need to ask God, God, what do you think about my life coach? What do you say about my life coach? What do you say about this person and that person and this lady and that lady? What do you have to say? Because what you has what you what God has to say about that person is the truth. God is not going to give you the knowledge of good and evil, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Are you there? (laughs) God is not going to give you bad knowledge or evil knowledge or good knowledge about people. It's not in his nature. When you ask God about a person, he reveals Jesus. Come on, come on. So, but, 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 what, but you're a human being, yeah. It's Christ that lives in me. It's the hope of glory. So if you want to know John, you've got to ask God, God, what do you think about John? And then God will begin to reveal Christ in John. That's the truth that sets you free. You must understand, Jesus is saying, Now, hey Peter, you know, you've received this revelation. It's not come to you from any man, but it's come to you from God. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's the first time Jesus says the word church. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is he saying? Church is the body. He said, I will build my body upon the earth. I will not build an organization because that's the knowledge of good and evil. I will build my body based on revealed word from God to man. People want to build the church, they think it happens by their attendance and their giving. Ladies and gentlemen, no people think that i'm building the church by playing an instrument and serving yeah okay you are doing it you're you're enabling the kingdom to function but you're not building the church because building the church is not your responsibility or mine it is the revealed words responsibility to build the church that's why in this church in life church global the church that you're a part of we focus on communicating the truth of god's word not the opinion of man some people don't like it because it sounds hard. It sounds too tough. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I, I. It's embarrassing that people will know about my flaws. If they know about the flaws, then they're focused on the knowledge of good and evil. Who cares? You focus on the truth. And when you receive the truth into your life, nobody cares about The knowledge of good and evil. We're focused because truth sets us free. When we know the truth about Jesus in you, my God, it sets me free from debt. It sets me free from sickness. It sets me free from diseases. It sets me free from having a job lost to getting a job. I hope you understand what I'm saying. This is passion. I'm passionate about this because people need to focus, build a value on the truth of God's word. Truth is the the revealed state of who Christ is you shall know the revealed state of Christ and the revealed state of Christ will set you free. And to Peter he says, hey Peter, it is upon this revelation, it is upon the revealed state of Christ that I will build my body. Which means his body was not yet built then. And he says, this body the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know what that means? The word gates over there is not what we think gates to be. We think that, okay, you know, the, the, the kingdom is advancing and that the kingdom of darkness has its own gates and now we are going to uh, push through the gates and we're going to take over uh, the, you know, the, the, the promised land and we're going to take over uh, what the enemy has stolen and we're going to, we, we sing all these songs and we quote all the verses but actually what it means is an exit sign. The gates of hell, ladies and gentlemen, is an exit sign. It's an exit door. It's a door to go out. Come on, this is powerful now. He's saying the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why were you in the gates of hell in the first place? When you dwell, think about Adam and Eve now. When they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, he hid himself from God. He, his guilt and his condemnation became the prison of hell that he was living in. And sometimes people have been living in hell, in their mind, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 5 years. Some even 2 months. And you've been feeding on the knowledge of good and evil and it's caused you to live in hell. You don't have to experience heaven, right? You don't have to experience heaven after death only. You can experience eternal life here on earth. In the same way, you can experience the weeping and gnashing of teeth of hell while you're on the earth as well. Oh, this is a revelation. You must get it. How do you experience hell? When you begin to, you, 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 you cause yourself to live at a lower state than what God has called you to live. When you live in disobedience to God, disobedience to his nature, disobedience to his instructions and his truth, disobedience to, to, the, to the authority over your life, you have guilt, condemnation and sin that is ruling and reigning in your life and it causes you to live in isolation. What is that? Prison. It causes you to live in condemnation. What is that? Prison. You're condemned to live there. The state of, your, of who you are, the, the, the concealed state of your mind is the prison that you live in. And people have been living there, not abiding in the word. Oh man. People have been abiding in the prison of their mind for the last 10 years and they've literally camped there. They, they live there. They've got an internet connection there. They've got a house there. They've got bought cars there. They've, they, they, they buy their groceries from, from a supermarket called hell. And they think that God has abandoned them. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so easy. You shall know The truth. And the truth will set you free. See, everybody's waiting for God to stretch out his hand like that. When he stretched out his hand 2,000 years ago. God's hand is always being stretched out. It's just that you don't know the truth. That's why you can't see his hand. Your eyes have not been opened to realize that you were sitting in a prison with an exit sign. The truth shall set you free. The gates of hell will not prevail, which means that when you receive the truth of the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, no gates, no exit sign door remains closed. It is open to you, which means you have the choice to get out of the place that you're in right now. You have the choice. Before you can manifest it into the physical, it first starts here in your mind. You've got to allow your mind to be free before you, have, you experience that freedom physically in the natural. See, I, you know, I, I, I've told you before, I enjoy movies. I like going to the cinema as well. And, and it's, it's this moment when the, when, the, you know, when the movie is over and everybody is getting up and standing. Why do they stand up? It's because the light came on. And when the light came on, they saw the exit sign. And everybody started walking towards the exit sign. Ladies and gentlemen, the word, when the truth comes into your mind, it illuminates your mind to realize, oh my God, I've been living in a stinking prison for the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And when the light comes on, you'll be like, oh my gosh, why, what have I done with my life? Some of us have been experiencing prison sentences of 30 years, 20 years and you've lost most of your your, 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 your childhood, you've lost most of your your uh, teenagers, you've lost most of your, your, your young adult life because you've chosen to live in depression in the mind. You've chosen to live in isolation from people. You've chosen to believe in the lies of the enemy about who you are and what your identity is and you're too fat, you're too thin, you're anorexic, you're this, you're that and all these words that come to you have defined your identity but they've made they've defined the identity of your prison and you've been okay with it and so now when we come across we people christians we come across we come into a church we're like hey praise the lord we sing the songs and we we don't believe the truth in the songs we believe the music of the songs we love the music more than the truth that is on the lyrics because if you believe that, you'll be jumping, you'll be literally jumping out of your skin when you sing songs like yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. When you understand that, you'll be literally bouncing off the roof because you've understood, you've received the truth of the word of God. It's a it's a state of being. Truth is a state of being. You're living in truth. You don't put on the truth... When you read your Bible, it's a state of being, it's who you are. And when you're in truth, you begin to reveal sides of who you are to people. People can come across your life and they'll be like only looking for the flaws. If they look for the flaws, let them look for the flaws they will live in prisons in their mind for the rest of their life and maybe 5 years 10 years down the line when they realize that, that their mind has been enlightened they will look at you and they will see how far God has brought you into the truth and how much freedom you have experienced and how much you have grown in your life compared to them and they will criticize you and they will mock you but at the end of the day you have gone forward, you have gone ahead, you have been blessed, you are sanctified, you are holy you are righteous before God and God is promoting you, giving you salary increases and saying, come on church come on, these people really love the truth they love me, they love living like I would live on the earth that is the state of truth Paul was awesome man Paul did not, you know, Paul had flaws. Paul had anger issues. But whenever Paul wanted, what Paul desired was, I only want to know Jesus. I only want to know Christ crucified. That's it. That's all I want. When I come and hang out with you, I just want to know Christ crucified. What do you do when you hang out with your friends? Let's talk about church. Church. Let's talk about my boss. Let's talk, when you go to your counselor and you talk about, you know, you're a therapist outside when you go in, outside of church and you pay them money to do therapy, right? What do you talk about? Knowledge of good and evil. I heard a person who, who was uh, who, in another documentary that I was watching. He said for one year he went to a therapist and in one year he said one word. Wow. That word was such an improvement. My God, what a waste of time. He lived in the prison of his mind of insecurity for one year. Not saying a word. Christians, although we are free, we really don't pursue the truth. We want the blessings, but we don't understand that the blessings are a manifestation of the truth in your life. We're given an opportunity, like, the God, in, like in the garden, God has placed the knowledge of good and evil and he's also placed the tree of life. And the tree of life doesn't look special. The truth doesn't look very special. The, tr- the truth of God's word does not look very like, oh my God, this is so attractive. In fact, truth looks very painful. Because it reveals the reality of who who you are. And it reveals Christ to you. I want to take you into 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. And it says this, And above all things have a fervent love for one another. That word fervent means a deep love. Have a deep love. Why deep love? Because if it's a surface love, the knowledge of good and evil, the flaws of a person will cause, you not, cause your love to run out. Have you been around people that they, they love you in the first six months and then the seventh month, they figure out that you have issues and suddenly their love just dries up. They don't love you anymore. I've been around a lot of people like that. They expect me to be this fountain of love and no mistakes. But you see, Kelsey has a river, she has deep love. Am I a perfect man? No. Am I a perfect husband? No. Do I make mistakes as a husband? Yes. But it is only someone who has deep love will stay committed to you even though you have your flaws. They choose to believe in the goodness. They choose to believe in Christ in you that you're manifesting more than the flaws that you're manifesting. See, we've got to have deep love for one another. And he says, for for love will cover a multitude of sins. When Noah, this is after the flood was finished, when Noah one day was drinking wine, He went to sleep naked. So we see Noah's son, one of the sons, (coughs) looks at the father naked, drunken and naked on the floor and he goes to the other brothers and he ridicules them and now the other brother comes and he does not even look at his father's nakedness. In fact, he takes a uh, something to cover his father walks backwards. The two brothers, they walk backwards and they cover the nakedness of their father. We see that, we see this happening in church so often. When pastors and leaders, are, are, they can be themselves around people that they trust. And the problem is that people look at the flaws of their leaders. They look at the, at the flaws of their government leaders. And they look at the flaws of their business leaders. And they look at the flaws of their church leaders. And in their heart, because they don't have a value for the truth, they begin to now ridicule people. They talk about the flaws more than they cover up the sins of the father. They cover up the mistakes of the father. They don't have a a value system of honor. They want to expose the father and not cover the father. See, the one who covers the flaws, the covers the sins of the father or the brother or the sister is the one who really inherits the promises. The one who really receives the blessing from the father. The Bible says where Jesus would talk to multitudes, 5,000. 10,000, 12,000, 13,000 people when Jesus would preach or feed, you know, did the miracle with the the fish and the bread. It's a multitude of sins. He's saying a multitude, 5,000 sins. If you have 10,000 sins, 15,000 sins, it's a multitude of sins. And he says it's only deep love that will cover a multitude of sins all your flaws that you have God has given somebody else in your life grace to cover your sins this is truth when you have when you when you have truth in your heart it covers somebody else's sins doesn't expose them what is the point of hanging out with people who are only good all the time because you know The the, the side of Christ in you is tested when you see the flaws in people. When you see the flaws in people and you choose to say, I can see the greatness of Christ in you and I choose to love you no matter what is happening in your life. Not reject you, not push you away, not say, hey, the knowledge of good and evil has caused me now to stop loving you. When we come into that place where we understand that we God has placed us in a community of imperfect people. And when we choose to love the Christ in people, we're saying, Hey, listen, I'm being Christ to you so that you can now be enlightened by Christ. In that, that I'm revealing to you and now you can begin to transform. We, we're too focused on, on dealing with the flaws and the good and the evil in people rather than revealing Christ from our lives. We want to highlight the flaws, the, the knowledge of good and evil about people rather than going to them and just being Christ. We need to understand our responsibility is not to fix the problem. Our responsibility is to cover people's flaws by being Christ to them. But you can only be Christ to them only if you have been in a place where you have the revealed word of God as a value, as a priority, as the sure foundation in your life. See, the reason for us today to be talking about this subject is because truth is a core value of the kingdom of God. It is who he is. And God is saying when you receive truth, when you make truth, not who takes up for who, not who says what, not what what anybody wears, who sees, who's giving, who drives what car, what, where which celebrity goes where, who eats where, that information are just facts. Oh, that's the knowledge of good and evil. But if we can, as a community of imperfect people, understand that God is the one who perfects us, stop focusing on trying to perfect people or perfect circumstances or situations. Our responsibility is to be Christ. Our responsibility is to love one another and cover one another's sins, cover one another's mistakes. It is these people who have a value for the truth are the ones who manifest the promises of God on the earth. See, God trusts every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places to you and I. Because you and I are hidden in Christ. The reason why you and I are hidden in Christ is because the truth needs to be revealed. And and the Bible says that when Christ is revealed, we are also revealed. So a lot of times we, we want to reveal ourselves more than we want to reveal Christ. And in this season, ladies and gentlemen, in this season, Life Church Global, God is inviting us into a place where we focus on being Christ and manifesting Christ. Because the truth is what sets people free. Not the truth where the knowledge of the truth, but it is the revealed truth. When I apply the word of God in my life, and I know the truth of God's word in my life, that begins to manifest through me, and now people see the revelation of the truth of the word of God, and their lives begin to change. It sets them free from bondage. It sets them free from sickness. It sets them free from depression and lack and poverty. It sets people free. And I believe this week, that you and I are going to have a week where we're going to be set free in so many areas of our life. We're going to be set free from, from experiencing the prisons on our mind. Today a lot of people are going to come out of those prisons and we're going to be so free with one another because we're not focused on the flaws, we're focused on Christ. And even if we show more flaws than we're revealing Christ, we just know that, hey, listen, there's mature. You need to mature in, in the truths. And as we all mature together, as we all grow together as a community, the world begins to see the body of Christ being formed. See, the body of Christ on the earth, he, the church grows. He, he will build his church based on the revealed, the revelation of Christ. In you, See, the Bible says that Christ in me is the hope of glory. Glory is what sets everybody free. Glory is what transforms all of creation. The glory of God is what God has trusted to you and me. So I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to believe that in my prayer, you would receive an impartation of this desire for the truth. Father, I thank you for every single person who's watching me right now. I thank you, Father, that, that their desire for the truth has empowered them to sit in that seat and receive this word. And Father, I pray, Lord, that every offense, every prison of offense, every prison of hurt, every prison of shame and guilt, condemnation that has come through sin, that has come through cover-ups, that has come through accusations, that has come through uh, the, the things that people have done in people's lives. God, every prison will be broken in Jesus' name. Father, the truth of your word has gone forth through me today. And I thank you, Father, that the purpose of the truth is to set people free. And today, Lord, I'm seeing people coming out of prisons. People not knowing that they were in prison, coming out of a prison, God. The gates of hell is wide open right now and people are exiting. They're coming out through these exit doors. They're coming out free. They're coming out as children of God. They're coming out because the truth has set them free. And I thank you, Father, that this week we're going to experience freedom like we've never experienced before. We're going to experience freedom in the kingdom of God because the king is on his throne. Jesus, you are, you are the king above all kings. And I thank you, Father, that relationships will be restored today. Marriages will be restored today, families will be restored today, finances will be restored, businesses will be restored, Father. Relationships will be restored today, God, because of your truth. Father, we build a value for the truth that comes from you. We honor your word. Father, and I release an impartation and to each and every person right now who is watching me, who is listening to my release and impartation to desire Christ and him crucified in every area of life. We would only look for Christ in Jesus name. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, what, a, what an awesome time today. We bless you. We love you. Hey, we're looking forward to when church comes back to normal, when church goes back to when we all meet together as a as a family. Hey, we love those times. But I'll tell you, this season has been a revealer of the heart. So as God reveals your heart, don't look at somebody else. Don't look at, hey, this person needs to do that. This person needs to fix it. Just right now, I just see people just getting up and, and walking and going to, uh, to their quiet room or, the, or their bedroom and saying, God, I just repent. Just, I just feel like right now, just repent. Just change the way you think. Go before God and say, God, I thank you. I receive your truth right now. And the truth has set me free, Lord, but, but I forgive this person and I forgive that person. Forgive me, God, for dwelling on the knowledge of good and evil. And I thank you that your truth has set me free. It's amazing, church. We love you. We bless you. Kelsey and I pray for you and we declare abundance over your life. In Jesus' name. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.